Hebrews, third chapter, and verse 7. I was thinking this morning, Isaiah 6, the building shook, the tabernacle shook when the presence of the Lord was there. Acts 4, when they prayed, the place where they was shook from the presence of God. I'm looking forward for the day when we pray here that this building actually shakes under the presence of God. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, and he changed not. He's no respect to person to have that kind of glory in our midst. Praise God. And looking for greater things to happen in the name of the Lord. All right, everybody there? Well, I'm not there. I done turned too far. Okay, three and seven. Listen to what it says. For as the Holy Ghost says today, if you will hear his voice. How many are ready to hear the voice of God? Today. Well, I want to hear him tomorrow. No, you want to hear him when? Today, today. What, what, when you heard from yesterday, you need to hear it today. You need to hear the voice of God every day of our life. He said, if you shall hear his voice, even as the Holy Ghost has said today to hear his voice. God is always speaking. It's not a moment on this earth he's not speaking. I'll go a little bit further. It's not a moment on this earth he's not speaking. He's speaking to you. But the reason some people in the next verse said, harden not your heart. Be able and ready to hear what? The voice of God. Darla gave a prophecy this morning. We're going to cover that a little bit later. Sometimes people give us a prophecy. We don't pay much attention to it because we're somewhere else. and We're going to miss a blessing. Amen? We'll cover that here again and again. Man, I believe. That means that the Holy Ghost, who is mighty power of God, is speaking when? Today, right now. Your miracle is right now. Right now, this day is your blessing. The greatest blessings you're probably ever going to get is when? Well, I may get one tomorrow. No, you need to get it when? Today, today. Luke 4, 9.43 said they were all amazed of the mighty power of God. Book of Psalms said this is the day that the Lord has made. I am going to rejoice and be glad therein. Amen. Could I have a shout? Amen. We ought to shout more than we ever shout before because this is the day the Lord has made and I am going to rejoice therein, Brother Michael. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. Praise God. This is the day of salvation, Romans 1.16. The word salvation there has a lot of different meanings in the Greek there, and I'll just share some of them with us today. It means deliverance. How many are glad you've been delivered? Sister Jessica Giles' child said something Wednesday night in a Bible study impressed me for someone to be so young. Reading her Bible said, I have begun to learn to take every thought into captivity. I'm telling you, church, when we learn to take every thought that's not of God into captivity and lock it up, don't throw away the key now because you may need to open the door again and throw another in there the next day. But you need to take every thought that's not of God into captivity and the blessing things of God. Brother Ken announced what we're going to have next Sunday on our lesson. It's your thoughts. 
is your thoughts. It also means safety. How many know that you have been blessed with safety this morning? Hello? Well, you are because you got here today. Amen. You think you're a good driver from here to Texarkana. You think you can keep that car in them lanes. Well, maybe you do, but sometimes somebody else can't keep their car in the lanes. You don't know what God has safety kept you from today. Come on now, church. We ought to shout hallelujah because we don't know what God has kept us from just this morning, this day. This day. That yellow line not going to keep you or keep another car from They putting up barriers down here around 59. That's a good thing, but I've seen on the interstate where a truck runs through them and hits somebody on the other lane. You ought to shout hallelujah again. I am thankful to God that he's kept me safe today. Keeping you safe every day. Them bolts on your doors, I don't know how many we got on ours, two or three, I think, on each door. That's not no security. The only security we have is Christ Jesus and his angels. Angels are camping about our place if we put our trust and confidence in him. This is the day the Lord has made, and I'm going to rejoice therein. It means preservation. How many are glad that God has preserved you for this day and this hour and this time? He's kept you alive for this moment. A lot of people are living today, but they're not alive. You're alive in the Holy Ghost. This day, this day. It also means healing. When we talk about healing, the first thing we think about is the flesh. Sometimes your mind needs to be healed. Sometimes your spirit needs to be healed. Or maybe your attitude needs a little healing. But he's a healer. He's a healer. Then it also means soundness of mind. How about that? When God, Jesus cast the demon out of the man, had legions of demons, the Bible said he was clothed and in his right mind. How many are glad that you're in your right mind today? Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Every perfect gift comes down from the Father of light. Where it comes from. We find in 2 Kings 5 and 2, the little maiden, she'd been taken captivity. There she was in bondage. And she became the servant or the slave or whatever you want to call her, Naaman's wife. And one day she said, I want you to get this. One day she said, every good gift comes down from the Father of light. She said, I would to God that Naaman would down to see the prophet in the land of Samaria. What an awesome statement from God. I want to say today, sometime God is speaking some awesome things in our lives. If we would open our ears and get ready to hear where it's come from, that prophecy caused Naaman to go down and get healed. Glory to God. I feel the presence of the Lord this morning. I felt him in the Sunday school class. This is the day for your miracle. Amen? How many is looking for a miracle today? You ought to get up in the morning and look for a miracle. Wonderful prophecy in this book. Wonderful prophecy. All throughout the book, the things of prophecy. The fullness of the blessings of the Holy Spirit is when? Today. Are you blessed today? Look for a great blessing today. Amos 6 and 5 says, To himself. Are themselves instruments 
amusing like David. Now, the word musing here means meditating. How many meditate on the Lord today? How many take time each day to just shut down and just think on the good things of God? Just sit there and muse and just think on the good things of God. Well, I'm too busy to do that. You're too busy not to do it. You'll be surprised what will start happening in your life when you take some time each day, just set aside, sit in a nice chair or sit somewhere and just meditate on the Lord and the goodness of God and what good things he's doing in your life. And it also means singing, singing. The last day of this month is the 31st. And it's on Sunday. We're just going to have a praise and worship. Brother Sam, brother, and I will preach a little bit. But we're going to have some singing and worship and praise. We're not going to watch the old year out and the new year in. That's not the purpose. I don't believe in that. But we're going to praise God for what wonderful blessings is in store us for the next year. Amen. Going to sing. David said he sings here. Zechariah 12 and 8 says, In that day he that shall be feeble among them, at that day he shall be as David, and the house of David shall be as God, capital G-O-D, and as the angels of the Lord before them. Now, that's sort of a strange scripture right there, but it means you'll have the strength of God in your life. When we get the Holy Ghost and fire in our lives, we got the strength of God in our lives. I don't know about you, but I am so glad for the Holy Ghost in my life. I am so glad that I've been saved and been delivered from the powers of the darkness of this hell. I am so glad that I'm still alive today. I'm not talking about just live breathing air, but I'm talking about alive in the Holy Ghost. Amen. I try to do a little visiting sometimes on Friday, the nursing home, different places. I went in a room down there yesterday. Somebody told me so-and-so was in there when I was down there. So I went down there and talked with them, communed with them, had fellowship with them. And finally, the lady, the wife said, looked at me, said, if you don't mind telling me how old you are. I said, I'm 86. Now, the reason I'm telling you this, you're not going to get too old to do things for God. There's a spirit that you're too young or you're too old. When the Spirit of God is in your life, you're neither too young nor too old. She looked at me and said, you've had a facelift. I said, no, ma'am. I have not had no facelift. I'm going to come to that again in a minute. Some people think they're too old when they get a certain age. One of the worst things they claim can ever happen to a human being is to retire. Because you're telling yourself you're retired, and the first thing you know, that gets in your flesh, and your flesh gets retired. Retirement came in in England when they couldn't vote the parliament out. They give them 65 years of age of retirement. That's, really, that's where retirement began. You ought to be active until you die. Come on, shout hallelujah. Active in the kingdom of God. You're not too young, I'll come to that again in a minute, to be active in the kingdom of God. Easton, where he goes to school, a little boy in the school had a serious illness. He was telling Easton about his illness. Easton goes home that night and emptied his bank account that he'd been saving for something or other for $60 and carried it to school the next morning and gave it to that little old boy. God loves a cheerful giver. That's the reason God wants you so blessed you can be a cheerful giver. I've never read in the Bible where God loves a bad giver. 
He loves people that cheerfully gives. I don't know what kind of reward Easton's going to get from that. I'll tell you, he's going to get a reward. Nobody told that child, but I believe the Holy Ghost told him. I believe the Holy Ghost talks to our children. I believe the Holy Ghost has fellowship with our children. I believe the angels of God are around our children. I believe the angels of God is around your house. You don't know and realize what an angel has kept you from and what you could have got into had it not been for the angels of God there to fight your battles. Maybe I'll preach on that for long about the angels. The angels of God. Luke 9, 43 says that all was amazed at the power of God. All was amazed at the power of God. Isaiah 42 and 22 said, this is the people robbed. I tell you, the devil will rob you of your joy. He'll rob you of your peace. He says they're robbed and they're spoiled. We've probably never seen such a land today that people are so spoiled. I'm not criticizing, I'm just saying what the Bible said. And they're all of them are snared and living in holes, living in fear, living in worry, living in doubt. Who should be the happiest people? I think Peggy saw somewhere the other day, some time ago, maybe years ago. Who should be the happiest people on the face of this earth? I, I ask you, when you go to Walmart, which I hardly ever go, I hardly ever go to Brookshire's, but I've been going with Peggy some here lately. But when people, I see people I've never seen before, I said, hi, how are you doing today? And sometime, not too long ago, I thought, and Peggy said, who was that? We went into Brookshire's. She said, who was that you talking to? I said, I have no least idea. I said, when I said, hi, good morning. Today, he stopped and looked at me, and we had a long conversation. She said, who was he? I said, I don't know who he was. You don't need to know who they are. You're the joy of the Lord with the good news spreaders of the world. Come on, church. We need to be spreading good news. Why don't you give somebody a smile? Huh? You know, a smile is good, like, good, good health to you. This day, this day, Glory to God. Hmm. Let me redress that verse. They are they hid in prisons, houses that are. They're not delivered from their spoil. It goes on to say, and the last few words, what I want to share with you, and none saith restored. I'm going to say in the power of the Holy Ghost this morning, I believe you are restored. I believe if you're not restored, you can come out of those holes. You can come out of those fears. You can come out of that worry. You can come out of that doubt. You can come out of everything that got you bound. I believe you are restored today. I believe this is the day for your salvation and your deliverance. Said none says I'm restored. Can you say hallelujah? I am restored. How many glad you're restored today? Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Yes. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. Come, come on up here. Come on up here. I, I prayed about this this morning. I think it's time for people to start hearing the voice of God and start giving a prophetic word. Praise God. Here it is this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you what. In Joel, it says it's restored. It's given back. It's not just restored one time. It's double. 
The word of God says, I will repay double what the enemy has stole from you. Now, how many of us believe that? We're not going to get it until we believe it and see it and speak it daily. We are restored double what is taken from us, no matter what it is. Praise God. Shout hallelujah. What the Deuteronomy 1 and 11 says, Diane, don't you open your mouth, okay? She's she, she fixing to spit it out right then. She's so happy. What does that, I started to say, what did Diane say? But what did Deuteronomy 1 and 11 say? You will be blessed 1,000 times more than your forefathers. It doesn't mean riches. It means joy, peace, happiness, gladness, hallelujah. Come on, God wants you to have a thousand times more joy today than you had yesterday. He wants you to have more peace today, a thousand times more than you ever had in your life. Believe the word of God. It's a prophecy to us. This is your day. Praise God. This is your day. Sorry, Diane. Amen. 1 Samuel 16, 23 said, Evil spirits troubled Saul. You all know that story. Very familiar. I'm not saying you trouble the evil spirit, but I'm saying there's people, that Christians, that are worried, bound, bound down with fear, bowed down with this, bowed down with that, and all sorts of things. But here, this Saul, he was having evil spirits troubling him. And they go get David. And we just read right there a while ago, said you'll be of the household of David and the household of God. We just read that. Is that right? And then he said, they'll go get David. And somebody shout what David did. Oh, what did he do? Singing on the harp. How many know the instruments can sing? If God can have a rock to follow children of Israel 40 years in the wilderness and water 3 million people, donkeys and camels and all sorts of things, how much more so the presence of Jesus Christ in us supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory. What happened when he played the harp? I want to encourage you to put some music on in your house. Not somebody stole my gal. You're not man enough to take my man or what, all that kind of stuff. Get her away from all of that, but put something on in your house. And you say, well, I ain't got nothing to play. Walk through your house and start singing. Amen. I am blessed. I am blessed going in and I'm blessed coming out. I'm blessed coming. The first thing you know, worry and fear and doubt, going to leave that house because it cannot stay where the presence of God is. It's not our power. It's the power of God inside of us. David went down to the cave of Dulam. It means a place of testimony. And most people don't like that. A place of a testimony. And there he is. And the Bible said, Brother Michael Taylor, all of his family came down. His mama, his papa, his brothers, and his sisters all came down. Brother James Clayton, he said, also came down as 400 vain, violent men in debt, discouraged, despondent. It doesn't say this in the Scripture, but I believe that David got out his harp. <laughs> I believe he began to sing on that harp. 
I believe that heart began to make such music. He transformed them 400 men out of debt. How many ready to get out of debt? Listen, you need to start singing and worshiping God. How many ready to get healed this morning? You need to start singing and praising and worshiping God. Amen. As he sang and worshiped and praising God, them 400 vain men got out of debt and became mighty men of value because the presence of God was there in that house. Shout hallelujah. Listen, we need to start shouting to the glory of God. There's many scriptures in this Bible that says, and they shouted. I'm so ashamed I'm 86 years old, been in the house of God since 60, and I don't know no more about this book than I know that I should know. I'm amazed how far medical science has come. How far have we come in the kingdom of God? How far of the knowledge do we have of the kingdom of God? Praise God. Oh, how David sang. He, he, he loved to sing. Amen. I mentioned this one time at a funeral. Peggy, she ruined my, date, my Melvin's, Ed Parker's singing career. She, she, she actually ruined it. We were going to sing a, what, a trio. And she said, come to the house and I'll teach him. After a while, she closed the lid on that piano and said, it's over with. Y'all's singing career is over with. Mm. I may never sing on the platform. I may never sing up here in the choir. Leo Garrison told me one time, said, you get down on that far end. You sing so bad, so far off note, I can't sing. Oh, but I tell you, I can sing in the yard. I can sing on the lawnmower. I can sing in the house. And God loves to hear my voice of praise and worship and thanksgiving to God when I am at my lowest point. I guess I'm the only one that gets at a low point sometimes. But I want you to know how you can raise yourself up. You don't need somebody else. It's good to have somebody else. All you need is you and Jesus and the Holy Ghost in your life. Singing and worshiping, praising God. That devil got to leave. He got to leave. This is the day the Lord has made, and I'm going to rejoice therein. Going to rejoice therein this day. Hallelujah. We find in Isaiah 42 and 22, Again, this is the people that are robbed. They're spoiled. They're all of them are snared in holes. They hid. And none says, I'm restored. How many could say right now, I am restored? How many could say the prophets in Joel said, I will restore everything? Carl, he said, everything, Carl, I'll restore to you what you've lost. Wasn't your fault. Uh, he said, I sent the chewing worm, but I am ready to restore you today. Woo, hallelujah. Today I'm going to be restored. Believe it. Act on it. Think about it. Chinese beggars. Missionaries there, H.A. Uh, Baker and his wife. They started a home called Adulham Home. It said, if you can't sing in the prison, you, you won't never be able to sing in heaven. We're going to get to that in a minute. 
This boy, not only one, but they have a home for these boys. This boy was a 10-year-old. Ragged clothes said he was filthy. You couldn't believe how filthy he was. When him some other boys came to this home and said, we're hungry. Would y'all feed us? They said, yes, come on in. They fed them, changed the clothes, and washed them and prayed for them. And what happened? The Holy Ghost fell on them. And they spoke in tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. This one particularly little 10-year-old boy began to prophesy. For long the heavens opened and he saw Jesus. You're not too young to start teaching your children they can prophesy. I want you to start praying for our Sunday school classes. On Sunday morning, the glory of God will be in there so strong. Them young kids receive the Holy Ghost and start prophesying. Amen? I want you to pray for all of us that has not had a facelift. <laughs> oh, don't put a nickel in your parking meter and say, well, it's over with. I, I, you don't know how many times I've heard this. Well, I've done my duty. I'm going to just retire and rest now. You have not done your duty until Jesus comes and gets you. I don't know how much longer I'm going to go on. Some time ago, I was walking away from the graveyard, and this couple followed me and said, I hear you want to retire. I said, yes. And you know what they told me? I said, I know where in that book I find where a person in the ministry can ever retire. Death is the only thing can retire you. Listen, church, how many believe that you got something? I'm going to come to this again in a minute. You got something to do. Sister Linda, you and Brother Leslie got something to do. Come on now. Peggy, you got something to do. Mm-mm. I don't know who the youngest is in here, but you got something to do. We've got some children right here. They got something to do. Start praying over them that they would start learning to prophesy. Ten years old prophesying. The heavens open, and they're seeing Jesus and giving the word of prophecy. God is no respecter person. He'll use you if you'll let him use you. He wants to use you, whatever you are. Well, I don't know whether he can, he can use you if you'll yield to him. That's all he's looking for. Praise God, somebody that he can use. Glory to God. This little fella began to prophesy. You know, the apostle Paul was educated under the feet of Gamoa, Gamoa, Gamaliel. The wisest, the most educated man of all time was Gamaliel. He educated Paul. But Paul on the road to Damascus, he was knocked down by a bright light that left him blind. I want somebody to shout out, tell me, what did he say? Who art thou? Lord, notice he didn't say Jesus. Brother Clayton, he didn't say Jesus. He didn't say Jesus. He had a revelation who Jesus is. He is the Lord of hosts. He's the God Almighty. He's the God that has all power in heaven and earth. He is your Lord and Savior, your Lord and your Redeemer. He is your supplier of all things, and whatever he has belongs to you. Amen? It belongs to you. Praise God. Peg and I know by age, our time is soon up. We're soon up. 
We have a wheel that everything automatically goes to Gina. She gets everything. I want you to know when Jesus got out of that grave, he had a wheel. When he went back to heaven, he had a will, and his will was to pour out his spirit upon all flesh and bless them abundant with everything that he had. Listen, whatever he has, he said, what is mine is yours, and I give it to you freely, and as you've received it freely, you give it to others. Well, I don't have any money. God is not really looking for your money. God is looking for the wealth of the world is going to come to this church. It's going to come to the body. I believe he's looking for your usefulness. Your usefulness. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm not too useful babysitting. Brother John Meadows and I had a little talk about that a while ago. Thank God. Somebody ought to say, thank God for women. That, that's not very much, men. That's not very much. All of you didn't speak up. You hadn't done no babysitting lately. You just wore out. That calf is your lover. But them women are still ticking right on. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Today, says the Holy Ghost. Today. Today. Well, I'm, well let's don't go there. <laughs> Glory to God. I appreciate people on Wednesday night when they give a little insight into Scripture. Let me read you something we shared Wednesday night. Job 5.26. We're going to use it today, but we got off track. Thou shalt come to thy grave. How? Come to your grave a right old age. He said, like a shock of corn cometh in his season. Now, Job looked like a dead man. His three friends, three friends come to look at him, and they couldn't even look at him. He looked so horrible. Can you imagine that? Smith with the work with the England, and they said, "We want you to come pray for Lazarus. He's in the bed." Said he looked at him. He looked like a dead man, not moving, just skin and bone. He said, "I call some more in there." He said, "We stood beside that bed and said, Jesus, just barely saying Jesus." Jesus, Jesus. It's not how loud you're saying it. It's saying it in faith. Saying in expectation. Directly the guy opened his eyes and looked around and said, if y'all get out of this room, we'll get up and dress and go downstairs and eat. That's how powerful God is. That's how powerful he is. He is powerful. Here, Job, how bad he looked. And he got a prophecy. We have a prophecy from this book. Oh, Hallelujah. Brother Ken pointed out, said, could I read verse 25? How many times do we just read and we just look? I've read verse 26. When I was studying the other day, just reading the Bible, I, I guess I read, I don't know that I read, Ken, I don't know that I read 25, but I probably did. How many of you know you read something then you don't know what you read? But God said, I'll bring all things to you. Remember, notice what Brother Ken said. Let's read verse 25. This is what verse 25 said. Thy shall know also that thy seed shall be great and thy offsprings as the grass of the earth. He, Brother Ken, he ain't got no seed. He got no offsprings. All of his seed and offsprings is in the grave. But here God tells him in the worst condition in his life, your offspring 
your seed coming after you. Oh, I tell you, that church, that ought to make us rejoice. This is the day that God will give you a prophecy that you don't see and you don't have, but what God speaks comes to true. God doubled his children. And the Bible said, and he went to his grave at 140 years of age after, after. We don't know how old he was, but after all of that, he went to his grave. He saw his offsprings and his seed of four generations. Come on, church. You're not through yet. What God has for you. Glory to God. He lived. I was invited one time to come to this place and drink coffee for some guys. And they were drinking coffee. And one of them said, I wish they'd plow up these county roads, this asphalt, got these potholes in them. I wish they'd plow them up and we'd go back what we used to be on them dirt roads. One guy said, you don't wish that. You, could, you done forgot about all that dust of flying. How many know what a corduroy road is? Huh? How many's ever driven on one? Oh, that just, old truck just is shaking all the pieces. You don't want to go back where you used to be. You want to go where Christ is. You want to live where Christ is. There's no yesterday with a Christian, and there's no tomorrow. Today is your day. If you'll hear his voice, if you'll hear his voice, glory to God. Hallelujah. I don't know what time I started. I don't know what time I'm going to quit. I, I praised the Lord this morning. I said, I'm just going to go and go. <laughs> I'm going to go and go. Mm-mm. Hallelujah. They said that parade last night. I don't know how long it lasted. Some of them said they almost froze to death. Going to go and go. Let me read you something else. Acts 16, 25. Paul and Silas was put in prison. They was beaten. First of all, they were stripped of all their clothes, and they was beaten. How many get up, got up here today? How did you come, Peggy? Huh? She come in an automobile. How many of them come in an automobile? Did you know that that car will never move, never move until there's an explosion inside that engine? There's got to be an explosion. It's got to have fuel fire and oxygen before that car will ever move. I mean, you know, we're going to have to have some fuel, some fire, and some oxygen explosion on the inside of us to move us where God wants us to be. We're not where God wants us to be. He has something greater for our lives than what we have. Brother Ken, I'm looking for that Sunday school lesson Sunday morning when you're going to speak about the mind. How many know you? How many will shout with me? I'm fearfully and wonderfully made in the image and the likeness. I have Christ as mine. Oh, church, everything we're fearfully and wonderfully made in the image and the likeness of God. Explosion happened at midnight. I want you to get a vision of how they looked. Blood pouring out of their back. Shackles and chains in that prison house. Mm-mm-mm. Brother Rusty, can you imagine what they look like? But explosion began to happen. 
How many know that all the earthly things will give way to the supernatural? Everything you can think upon this earth will give away to the supernatural. They were in a cave. In a cave. Then trouble. Then a crisis in their life. I know I've told you this before, but Sister Linda wants to hear it again, don't you? Sister Eleanor Stone, Shelby at that time, was Brooks's hospital. Dr. Brooks and him told her, said she can't live, she's going to die. Walked out of the room. Baney stayed in the room. Wayne come down that hall. Everybody he come to, he said, pray for my mama. She's a dying. Go over to this one. Pray for my mama. If you know how to pray, she's dying. All of a sudden, Baney come running out of that room, scared to death, just shaking all over, so to speak. I don't remember where she was crying. She said, an angel of the Lord has just come in that room, and mama has set up. Oh, God, we were surrounded by angels when we began to pray. This is the day for a miracle, amen. This is the day to sing and to praise God when you are in the dungeon. Begin to sing and praise to God. Notice what happened when they began to sing and praise God in that place. Hmm. The jail began to shake. I mean, I believe it's time for this place to shake. The jail began to shake. The natural is giving way to the supernatural. The locks are falling off. The stocks are falling off. That whole place was one to God and was baptized, received the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. Zechariah said, In that day, the feeble shall be like David. They'll be like his God. They'll be strong and vibrant in God. Changing. Something good is happening today. It's not going to happen. It's happened. We'll try to close here. I said we try. Oh, go to God. Let me read you something in the book of Revelation. It is believed that John the Revelator is the only apostle still alive. Rest of them dead. He's an old man. We already shared about a 10-year-old. Here's an old man. All of them are dead. I want you to notice something about him now. They have boiled him all. They're trying to kill him. How do you know the devil? Somebody, I hear people say, well, the devil's trying to kill me. Well, that ain't nothing unusual. You're not in that boat by yourself. He's wanting to kill you. He's wanting to kill every one of you in here. He don't want you to live and survive. He don't want you to be alive. He's doing everything he can to kill you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Like Jesse Duplantis was on this airplane, the lightning hit it. And it come down through the fuselage, whatever, down. It just struck down and left a big hole in the plane. He looked up there and said, Hey, Satan up there, you missed me again. Oh, what kind of voice do we have when we're in the cave? What kind of voice are we singing when we're in the dungeon? And they began to sing, began to praise God. But here we find a man. They boiled him in oil, wouldn't die, and they put him on the Isle of Papas, I mean the island of death. Let me go back to you people that's old. God not through with you yet. The devil said, you've had your best years. You've eaten your sweet corn. He's a liar and the father of all lies. Your best years is ahead of you. As long as you've got breath, God has a purpose for your life. 
Notice what he said here. What kind of attitude he had. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. How many know every day is the Lord's day? I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And the Lord appeared to him. He said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And I heard a voice. A great voice. John, I want you to write the book of Revelation. Oh, I'm telling you. He thought, I don't know whether he thought his time was up or not, but he was in the Spirit. How many can say with me today, we need to live in the Spirit even though we're in the cave, even though we're in a tragedy. We need to sing and praise God. You said, well, I just can't do that, Brother Billy. The Bible said, and your strength is made perfect by Christ in your weaknesses. Start telling him. How many know that there's time we need to shout when Jesus said, do you believe I can do this? Throughout the four Gospels, he always asked that question, do you believe I can do this? It's always by your faith. Do you believe I can do this? The man that had a son that threw himself in the fire and in the river, he asked him, do you believe I can do this? Somebody tell me right quick, out loud, what he said. I believe you, but help my, un if we got it, Least little unbelief. God will help you. So we're going to sing. We don't need to come forward to sing. Brother Keith, no need for y'all to come to sing. I don't think we need to sing to y'all. I want you to go home and have a good time. So glory to God. <clears throat> I believe you are restored. I believe you may be in a hole. I believe you may be discouraged. I believe everything's working against you. But I believe you are restored. I believe your faith is restored. I believe your health, your finances, everything is restored. Praise God. This is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day of the wonderful things of God. So God bless you. Don't you go home and if you get in the dungeon in the morning, when you get up, you're in the dungeon, what are you going to do? I'm going to praise the Lord. <clears throat> How many has ever felt like quitting and running off? Anybody in here? Sister Pam, you ever feel like quitting and running off? Yeah, I have. I felt like quitting my job many times. I can't take this no more. But I always get to thinking like this. Peggy likes to eat. And Gina likes things. Let me share a story a guy told me one time. He got promoted up to another level in his company. And after a little while, he found out he was promoted. On, he wasn't able to handle that job. So he went to the supervisor or the manager and said, I want to go back where I come from. This job's too big for me. I want to go back. He said, let's talk about it. They had a long conversation. He said, now I'm going to give you two options, two options, two options. You either learn how to handle that job or you quit and leave this organization. There's no going back in life. The only option, real option you got is to take this job, learn how to handle it, and learn how to help people handle their jobs. 
That's what you're here for. You're not here to go back. Church, we're not here to go back. We're here to go forward. We're here to see better things. I believe this church is full of people. Thank you. Anybody else believe that? You, you, you got to say, well, we won't go there. God bless you. You're going to have a great week in the Lord. Is that right? You're going to have a great week in the Lord. Amen. You're going to have some obstacles. Bless God, you're going to sing. And them obstacles are going to give way to the power of God while you're singing. Go sing. Maybe sometime you don't feel like doing nothing but just sitting there and saying, Jesus, Jesus, you're saying all power and all authority in your life. God bless you for being here today, and thank you for enjoying the presence of God today in Jesus' name.